Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Mondo, and you are listening to ROHCast at ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of ROHCast. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. As usual, I'm here with the other co-owner and the editor of the website, Stephen. Hi, everyone. And John is also with us today. How's it going? Who has no title this week, sorry. <laughs> been stripped uh, of it. Yes, he's been uh, after his no-show of the Mike Mondo interview. Uh, Mike Mondo has replaced you now as our executive writer, or whatever you were. <laughs> uh, anyway, this week we're going to talk about the latest TV show, which aired on February 18th. Uh, we're then going to talk about the latest news and then answer all the questions you've sent in over the uh, past fortnight. Uh, we didn't do a normal episode last week because we spoke to Mike Mondo for about 40 minutes, I think it was. Um, it's a great interview, actually. If you haven't listened to uh, that episode, uh, head back on the website and have a listen. And uh, we should have another interview lined up for you next week all about uh, the 10th anniversary of our pay-per-view. So uh, we'll begin with the TV show. The show began with a look back at last week's match between Eddie Edwards and Kyle O'Reilly. We also saw highlights of where Edwards and Cole formed their own team. Now, uh, because we didn't do a podcast last week, um, we didn't get to talk about this match, so we haven't really got time to talk about the entire show. So what did you think of that sort of match and just sort of the storyline, you know, of Edwards and Cole forming a tag team like that? I didn't particularly like the match, if I'm honest. I thought it was, it was a lot like the... Sort of Kyle O'Reilly, you know, the matches between Harry and as a singles wrestler, just they all just seem the same to me. There's still, you know, there's too many strikes, there's too many sort of where, you know, sort of sequences where they just sort of, you know, just slap each other and, you know, there's just too much of that for for my liking. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people will have will have enjoyed that match because, um, yeah, a lot of people sort of enjoy that kind of match, but it it wasn't really sort of yeah my cup of tea really. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think in the report, I think, John, you wrote it, you said, if you like, what was it, kicks or something in chops, you'll like this match. I mean, uh, I think, yeah, what Stephen said's right. I mean, some people will like it, but it really isn't my style, and I was quite just sort of disappointed with it, really. And the whole, I don't know, Adam Cole coming out, just, I mean, how many times has he even been on TV? Like, twice? He's. It just felt like he just randomly showed up. I mean, and obviously, you know, he, he is O'Reilly's partner, but... They've hardly featured that on the TV show, and and I still think they're splitting up Future Shock too soon. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I mean, have, I mean, have they even have they had a match on the TV show together? I'm not even sure if they have. I know that they had the very first match on the show was against the Bravados. Oh yeah, the first episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've had another one since then. There's, you know, you know, as Harry says that they they have split them up far too soon. I mean, mm. they're sort of getting in their stride. They've had a couple of uh, title shots and. Um, you know, they've just been getting better and better and they're getting such a good reaction from the crowd that it just seems really bizarre that they're splitting them up. But um, I suppose, you know, people have been saying that RH is a bit weak sort of in the upper card and main event. So I suppose you've got to sort of give them credit for, you know, trying to elevate a couple of, you know, mm. a couple of the guys sort of up to up, up towards that level. One thing that sort of confused me a little bit was uh, Adam Cole came out and was obviously cheering on Edwards. Um and then at the end, they're like, hey, how about we form a tag team, Adam Cole? And, but they were, surely they were already a team because he was cheering for him. Like, it just seemed, I don't know, was that just me? It, no, I think it was all just, it just seemed Strange. really phony, didn't it? Mm. I think uh, the whole of this, this whole storyline, we've been quite critical of it, but it just, it just seems so forced and, 
Yeah, just really phony, and it's just something like you'd watch on a really like crap TV program where. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I can see why they've gone for this match. As I said, they're trying to elevate a couple of the guys, you know, towards the top of the card, and there's something wrong with that, especially with. You know, on the whole, I enjoy uh, Arai, and I've, I've, you know, I really like Adam Cole. I think he's the better of the two, and he, I, you know, he's definitely a future main eventer in ROH. But mm. they, they just, as we've said, discussed before, they seem to just come up with an idea for a match or sort of the, the ending, and then they sort of go about putting mm. the story together. Yeah. Then, whereas in my That's opinion, it should be the other way around because, you know, if you haven't got a decent story in the first place, then the ending doesn't really matter anyway. So, yeah. Um, that's a good way of putting it, actually. They just come up with the end. I think, right? How can we get there? Quick, yeah, uh, bring what, in yeah. Uh, Dan Seven. Yeah, just get Dan Seven in here. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. They, I don't know if they're leaving it too late to like decide things, or they just seem to like they decide something and then just they have to sort of manuf- manufacture something rather than it mm, being sort of organic. Just yeah, sort of that's a, make yeah. something up for a, where I think every you know everyone sort of agrees that it's just it's better when you just you know let it happen naturally rather than mm. you know, forcing these guys apart because. One's a better friend to another guy than he is, and it's just, it just all seems. I mean, when you put it like that, when you actually like tell somebody what's you know this storyline, that it's it just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the show began. It's after the highlight packages was uh, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness in the ring announcing the main event for the tenth anniversary show. It'll be Eddie Edwards and Adam Cole taking on uh, David Richards and Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. I think we discussed this match um, when it was originally announced at the TV tapings in sort of the spoiler segment, but for those who didn't hear us talk about it in the spoilers, I mean, what's your sort of overall thoughts of this you know, main event for the pay-per-view next week? It should be a good match. It's not one I'm particularly looking forward to watching, but it sh- should still be a solid, you know, good tag match, and I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it should be the main event of the 10th anniversary show. It seems like they should have done a much bigger match for a show that's this... I mean, all the fans are thinking it's important, but Ring of Honor doesn't really seem to be placing much importance on this show, which is a huge mistake, I think. But it just seems like it'd be better off as a TV main event or something along those lines. Just something to help build up. It seems like this is just a filler match to lead to something mm. more happening future yeah I, I definitely think it would be better suited to tv or you know maybe if, if it has to be pay-per-view do it showdown in the sun because like 10th anniversary should be such an important event but it it does sort of feel like it's i don't know just sort of like a filler event not that important but you think there'd be so much more build around it but the way they're kind of building this matchup like saying that ring of honor is all about you know having the next big stars and this match, you know, sees two of the biggest stars in Ring of Honor today with two of like the best up and coming stars. That kind of makes sense, but mm. I just think there's better, like there's better ways of going about it. But I, I still have to, you know, still try to. It's one of the big complaints that, like Steven said earlier about Ring of Honor, is that the you know upper mid card main event scene has been really weak, and you know, I don't want it to seem like I'm complaining about that they're trying to fill that scene out more, but it just. It's uh, I'm trying to think of how to say it. It's, it's, I don't know how to say it. It's just disappointing. <laughs> this match for the for the 10th anniversary show. Mm. I, it, uh, I just want to leave it at that because I'm kind of rambling. Okay. Any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Stephen? Um, you know, basically what John said. I'm sure the match will be a good match. I think a lot of people, you know, have a negativity towards it just because. 
of where you know main event of the 10th anniversary show i think rh have really sort of backed themselves into a corner with this one and i think you know they, they sort of just you know they they sort of made people turn against it almost just by putting it there because uh you know I, I, but then you what else could they have put there i mean if you put a title match i mean who's gonna who's gonna challenge for the title i mean you know roderick's had chances obviously eddie's had chances and then apart from them two maybe elgin but then you know, he hasn't had much build up towards sort of a title shot, and there isn't really anybody else mm. unless you sort of get someone in just for a single, single uh, sort of shot thing. But then, yeah, you know, who's going to sort of believe that they're going to win the title? And you know, the answer is really no one. So, well, that's kind know, of another problem though, because you say that Elgin hasn't been built, and you know, you don't think somebody else coming win the title. But that's kind of Booking's fault for not making us believe that other people on the roster have a chance to do that, because. People always say that, you know, uh, uh, that Richards isn't defending the title like everybody, like other champions were. But the thing is, at that time, other wrestlers kind of, you kind of believed that they could win the title like at any given night because all the other wrestlers were built up. And that's kind of a problem Ring of Honor's having right now that they're trying to address at the current moment. But it's, it's that's just, just been a problem they've had. And, I guess this main event's going to help, you know, further along, you know, building up the future title contenders. But I think it's kind of a problem that they have that there's no like legitimate contenders already. And it it seems to me that if I was Ring of Honor, I would have held off having Jay Lethal or uh, Michael Elgin cash in their you know different world title opportunities till the 10th anniversary show. Maybe done a triple threat like that. Because I think that, you know, having Elgin, Lethal, and Richards in a triple threat match kind of to pay kind of to pay tribute to the original match, like the original main event of the first ROH show, would have been a really good match and a really good main event to the 10th anniversary show. Yeah, I do agree about Jay Lethal. I think they've sort of wasted his his title shot, especially, you know, the one with the one on TV. I understand that they, you know, want it to be sort of... Uh, you know, the biggest TV show to date, but you know they've they've sort of wasted both these title shots in quite a quick succession, which I don't mm. think was the best of decision, especially when you know they've got such a a weak title picture. But I suppose in sort of reply to John, what he said about you know maybe it's booking's fault that there, there aren't enough sort of contenders. And but while I do agree that with that to some extent, I think the problem is they've got you know they've got so many guys that are just sort of at a level now where you know you have got Champa, Algin. Uh, even someone like Mike Bennett, um, you know, Cole O'Reilly, they're sort of, they're all at a decent level now where they're, you know, they're sort of over the crowd, but you know, everyone sort of knows that, you know, that they're not going to win the world title anytime soon. Mm. But I suppose, you know, and then you, you, but you look at the guys that have lost this year, you've lost Daniels, you've lost Hero, and you've lost Castagnoli. I mean, both, you know, all three guys that they could... Cabana. They could, well, yeah, even, even Cabana, you could throw any of them four guys into a title, title match and people would, you know, even... Even if you wouldn't totally believe it, people could think, you know, maybe this guy could win the title. I mean, even I suppose Cabana to a lesser extent, but even him with, you know, with the history he's got in ROH, mm. any of those four guys could, you know, easily be believed as a, you know, legitimate, legitimate contender. So I suppose losing four guys like that is, you know, is tough for for any company. I mean, I suppose, you know, TNA took the top four guys out, or WWE took the top four. You know, they they are going to struggle. So. I suppose in that aspect, it's, it's it's tough on them, and you know at least they are trying to sort of build build guys up. But I think you know putting this match at main event of the tenth anniversary show was just I just think it was sort of uh, you know, maybe they didn't think it through, or I suppose they you know as we said earlier they don't really have many options to be honest. Um, and as you say, you know that they seem to be treating the tenth anniversary as 
a bit of a sort of throwaway event. I mean, they didn't even you sort of announce it as an iPad view until a few weeks ago, did they? And, no. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hoping it'll turn out okay, and hopefully the match will be really good and sort of you know people will sort of uh, you know start giving it a bit of a you know, a bit of leeway with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not looking for. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be a good match, but I'm not looking forward to it. But I'm not gonna, you know, criticize the match until I see it, whether it's good or bad or not. Hmm. Okay, well I suppose we'll continue with the TV show. Um, I don't know <laughs> how long we've been talking for. I've not even got to the first match, uh, or first segment even, because the first segment was uh, <laughs> Charlie Haas coming out after they announced Shelton Benjamin had been suspended after hitting Mark Briscoe with a chair, was it last week, uh, on the TV show, and refusing to pay one of the many $5,000 fines that he's been, that they've got. I mean, surely at this point, you know, wrestling's greatest tag team in kayfabe are not getting any profit because they've got so many $5,000 fines every single appearance that they can't be making much money from this wrestling thing anymore. But uh, basically, Haas makes his way out to the ring. He says it's the Briscoe's fault that Shelton's suspended. And he uh, wants to face one of them uh, right there tonight. And he, that he's the best wrestler in Ring of Honor, apparently. Um, the Briscoes come out and they say they don't matter who, which one of them faces Haas. Jim Connor eventually comes out, who I think had a cold or something, because he sounded quite ill. Uh, and Connett said it would be Haas versus Mark Briscoe. I think I got that right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then Haas demanded that Jay Briscoe be handcuffed to the ring post at ringside and, and Jay didn't care about that at all. Uh, we then got to the first match of the night, which was Kevin Steen versus Andy Ridge. And we had uh, Steve Carino on commentary. Um, what did you think of this match, you know, Steen's debut on the TV show? I think I it was quite impressive of sort yeah. of just getting Steen over a sort of just a crazy lunatic who does whatever he wants. I mean, there were a couple of moves that really sort of Showed that off. I think he did. Was it a power bomb for putting Ridge on the, uh, the ring apron? Yeah. Yeah, and there's there was something else. But I can't. Um, oh, the fall away slam to the barricade at the yeah. start. There was just a couple of like moves which I thought was quite clever, just to show, you know, show him as sort of not really caring about his you know opponent's sort of health. He was do whatever he wants. Mm. And um, I, I liked Carino on commentary as well. Carino was really sort of putting over how dangerous Steen is and how sort of worried he is for the company that he's back. So. Um, you know, in in you know, you know, it wasn't a fantastic match, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't supposed to be. It was just sort of supposed to get Steen over as a sort of you know, just a crazy guy, and I think you you know achieve that. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Obviously, as you said, it wasn't a fantastic match, so to speak, but it was a a good way of putting Steen over, and it was, and especially with uh, Carino on commentary as well. John, anything to add to that? No, it really just helped establish as like a, the crazy person of Ring of Honor, just the way he would just threw Andy Ridge around the like entire ringside area, just like mm. the fallaway slam and the powerbomb and everything. I just, I just thought it was really well, uh, well done. <laughs> uh, after the match, uh, Steen went to use the package power driver on Andy Ridge, which is a, a banned last week or a couple of weeks ago, rather by Cornette. Uh, which then Carino went to the ring to go and stop it, and then Jimmy Jacobs ended ended uh, coming out and brawling with Steen, and security guards separated them with the crowd chanting, let them fight, and then Steen, uh, as he was leaving, Jacobs cut a promo and said that he's back and uh, he wants the two most evil men in Ring of Honor history to fight. 
and uh, the show then went to commercial, but I believe it was announced later on that that, that match will be at the 10th anniversary. Yeah, yeah I think I'm it was... Forward to that. Sorry, what, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's what really needed to be done. Like, it's just that perfectly, like, next logical step in the Kevin Steen story in Ring of Honor, and it should be a really good match. I, mm. I'm a Jimmy Jacobs fan, and I'm hoping he gets more matches and more time in 2012 than he did in 2011. Yeah, I think we spoke about Jacobs before about how you know how much they've, they've misused Jacobs since he came back. I mean, they haven't used him right at all. I mean, I, I can't really remember how many singles matches he's had. I remember the one against Generico, was it Death Before the Sun, which obviously was interrupted. Um, I can't really remember he had any. One on the TV show. And... Oh, against Mike Bennett, wasn't it at the start? And he just sort of yeah, he put Bennett over. So, you know, he hasn't. I mean, this is a, you know Jacobs is a guy who could you know easily walk into sort of a match with anybody on the roster and put on a great match. So the fact that they haven't used him as much as they 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 should have is hmm. you know, just seems stupid to me. But as, as John said, you know this is probably the match I'm most looking forward to. I think that sort of shows how good Steen is because I think Steen Carino was the match I was sort of most looking forward to at final battle as well. So um, He's yeah, I'm sure it be, again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great match, and uh, I'm. Sort of interested to see whether they try and uh, sort of make it another uh, sort of fight without honor because I think those two could I think those two are going to have a crazy match regardless of if if there are rules or or not to be honest. So um, surely uh, it has to be no DQ or something. It can't just be a, a clean match. Yeah, well, I think if it's not if it's no DQ or something, but yeah. it's going to have some kind of crazy ending. Mm. Yeah, but I'm yeah I'm looking forward to it and uh, yeah it, it just makes sense you know. Obviously, Steen just just trying to sort of demolish anybody in his path to try and get a title shot, but it just yeah, it just makes sense for Jacobs to sort of uh, try and stop him, and uh, hopefully, we'll get a really good match out of it. After the commercial break, we then had Vader Scott interviewing Team Ambition backstage, where they talked about the tenth uh, anniversary main event that was we talked about earlier. Um, I don't think anyone's got anything to share about. It's just a quick promo, really simple. No, nothing to add. Well, <laughs> what I found funny was here we go. The whole Eddie and uh, O'Reilly feud has been based around trying to prove themselves to Davy Richards, who's the better friend. And then Davy says he doesn't care about that. So what's <laughs> the point of the storyline? After the Team Ambition promo, we then had Mike Mondo and Matt Taven. Yeah. <laughs> versus Adam Cole and Eddie Edwards, which was obviously. Uh, Colin Edwards sort of debut as a tag team. Uh, apparently, Mike Mondo's original tag partner had a some sort of injury in training, so Matt Taven, his uh, opponent from last week, decided to team up with him instead. There's a bit of sort of you know Mike Mondo tagging himself in. They didn't really work well as a team, like in that sort of respect. But uh, in the end, Adam Cole got the victory with, I think it was a German suplex, and it might have yeah, it was, been yeah. me, but. Kevin Kelly seemed to be rather amazed by a German suplex. Because yeah, I mean, Cole like, hits what it. What is in... that? <laughs> Cole hits it in every single match as well. He said and like he's never seen it, Adam Cole. It's because it. it was a cross arm one instead of a normal one, which is like a tiny little slight variation. It... Kevin Kelly was, and he was. Like, I want to have to see what well, that's called. I think it might be called the lethal injection. <laughs> I mean, I gotta admit, it was like a good move, but I think Kevin Kelly going, "What was that?" was a bit too much because you know most thing... wrestling fans are gonna know it's a German suplex. My favorite thing was like Kevin Kelly was like, "What was that?" and I was gonna be like, "That was a cross-arm German suplex." Like that, like 
the way he says, like, why won't you know that, Kevin Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this match, you know, Colin Edwards uh, debuting as a team? I liked it. Uh, Colin, and I was the one to say O'Reilly now out of habit, Colin <laughs> Edwards worked really well together. They had a few uh, good uh, tag team moves. Mm. Like the, uh, where they did the dual drop kicks when, who was it, tied in the tree of woe? That was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One was on the outside Mondo, and one was okay. in the ring, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I like it because this match really showed... Uh, it, it really like, put over how well those two work together because they, you know, against the team that's never teamed together before, and it showed that Cole and Edwards have good communication while Mondo and Taven, obviously, didn't. Mm. And it, it showed, like, how, you know, these two have really clicked as a tag team, even though this is the first time they have wrestled as a team the only thing i like to say is that um i wish you know edwards and cole could have teamed up if they would have done this storyline about a month ago because you know heading into the main event at the 10th anniversary edwards and cole would have teamed up once because the 10th anniversary is next week so i mean yeah. if they would have done this like a month ago they could have had you know various tag team matches and kept me like oh how are the uh, Davey and uh, O'Reilly going to stop this team and you know keep having them win each week on the TV show or something. But you know at this point they've had one match as a team. The, yeah, the thing is yeah. now if if they beat O'Reilly and uh, Ed, not <laughs> O'Reilly and Edward, O'Reilly and Richards at 10th anniversary, they're going to make them look really weak because as you say they've had one match together and suddenly they're going to beat guys who've been training together for for years. It just, I mean, yeah, it just it doesn't make sense, does it? Really, any of it. Will Dan Seven be training Edwards and Cole, do you think? I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, we then got to this week's Inside Ring of Honor, which showed a recap of the of last week's main event between the Briscoes and the House of Truth, which was for $10,000, where um, the Briscoes took the ten grand, even though House of Truth won by disqualification. Uh, the Martini said, Martini said that the he stopped the check so they didn't get the money anyway, and that if the Briscoes want the money they can come and get it. So I'm not sure if these guys are going to have a feud again down the line, perhaps after Showdown in the Sun or something. But otherwise, I can't see why they'd be doing it personally. But um... the Briscoes are feuding with like the entire tag team division right now. <laughs> We then had a promo by the Young Bucks talking about their tag team title shot at the 10th anniversary show next week. Um, I would have liked the Briscoes and the Young Bucks to have some sort of in-ring confrontation or match, like a singles match, before 10th anniversary because all the TV show build has been on Haas and Benjamin, really. So I kind of wish that, you know, we'd have one of the books, Bucks versus one of the Briscoes at least once before the pay-per-view match. Or just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know yeah. why they didn't do the like um, Mark Briscoe against one of the books in this week's TV because they, they obviously said they were going to do um, Young Books against Greatest Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, but instead of obviously we shouting not there, I don't know why they just didn't sub in Mark Briscoe instead of uh, you know instead of Charlie Haas against one of the, the books because as you say, you know with it coming up soon, they needed some sort of build towards it, didn't they? And mm. I think that they missed out on. The, a, a, quite an easy sort of way of getting it sort of built up because obviously you know they've they've got quite a while until showdown in, well not a while but they've got longer until showdown in the sun and yeah. they could easily do that in the next few weeks have that um have that match with the, that we had as the, the main event. Mm. 
Speaking of pay-per-view matches with not much build, we then got to a promo by Lethal and then uh, the Embassy and Champa about their TV title match at the 10th anniversary show. I think this is another one they've sort of dropped the ball on building up because um, they've not done anything on the TV show apart from have, you know, on-screen promos where they talk about, you know, their match. And I don't know, I've just been a bit disappointed with the build for 10th anniversary because the only thing they've that's got any sort of storyline, no matter how bad it, bad it is behind it, is the tag team main event. And I suppose Steen and Jacob's what we're talking about. But um, the, you know, the tag team title and the TV title matches don't seem that, you know, important. They're just focusing on the ones afterwards at Showdown in the Sun. We touched on it earlier that it just seems like a bit of a throwaway event, and it's you know it's a real shame with it being you know tenth anniversary, it's such a big deal, and I just hope that the matches you know uh, just do it justice, and they turn out to be you know it turns out to be better than people are sort of expecting it because mm. I suppose ROH are quite good at that when you expect a card, you know you look at a card and you think maybe it's not going to be that great. A lot of the time it just it turns out to be a really good show, so um, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to uh, pull it out of the bag again. Yes, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, you know, the build for the TV title match. I think they could have played into Champa's undefeated streak a bit more, having him on TV getting some wins and be like, oh, how is Lethal going to be able to stop this and perhaps have Lethal run out to the ring and try and beat him up or something, but Champa always gets the advantage. Just more, a bit more build than just them talking backstage about their match because it's, it's just a bit disappointing. I think perhaps, you know, these pay-per-views, you know, so close together isn't going to work so well with, the, you know, the the one-hour time limit of the TV show. Yeah, but it, it could have done some kind of... Have Champa like, go through the people, like wrestle some of the people that Lethal has beaten in Proving Ground matches. If, like, you know, maybe, I'm not sure who you know, all that could be, but there's got to be people on the roster that Champa can beat to make him look so, make to build him up mm. to be into a viable contender. I mean, he's obviously like, you know, a viable contender being like, undefeated in Ring of Honor or anything, but just have him you know, go out there couple weeks in a row and beat somebody convincingly it would do a whole lot more than just these backstage segments we then had a another sort of segment of inside roh which is where kevin kelly just sort of <laughs> i didn't like the way he did this just sort of randomly in passing as if we already knew about it announced that on night one of uh, the 10th anniversary Sorry, no. <laughs> Night one of Showdown in the Sun, rather. Lance Storm will come out of retirement to take on Mike Bennett. And on night two, the Briscoes will defend against Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. I know, um, it was so underwhelming, wasn't it? It, it was. was. Like, oh, and, and the thing was, before he said it, it was like, come back next week inside OH where we'll announce the first matches for Showdown in the Sun. And about three seconds later, it cut to, and the first match announced for Showdown in the Sun. It was just like... Yeah, <laughs> it, it just terrible. like... Considering that, you know, it is quite a big deal. Lance Storm, you know, he's coming out of retirement. This is probably going to be a one-off. We, we, we don't know at this point. But he's quite a big name. And just to sort of randomly announce it in passing just didn't, you know, yeah, didn't it, have it didn't have the momentum behind it it needed. Like, they could have even had, you know, Kevin Kelly in the ring of, like, I've got a huge announcement to make. And then have perhaps, like, a better way to do this, in my opinion, would be Kevin Kelly's in the ring. He announces that Lance Storm's going to be at Showdown the Sun. Bennett comes out, interrupts him, and says, "Oh, no one cares. Ring of Honor's all about me." And then the next week, say some like Lance Storm has challenged Bennett to a match. But the way it was happened was like Kevin Kelly was like, "Oh, Lance Storm wants to shut you up, Bennett. You haven't said anything about him, but he wants to shut you up anyway." And like, just it, disappointing. But what do you think about you know Lance Storm facing Bennett of all people on the roster? 
Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's I, a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it is. It's got a lot of controversy on our forum. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of arguments. Note to people on the forum: please stop arguing about it. <laughs> please stop arguing. Full stop. <laughs> please, yes, be nice. Um, I think when you look at it, I mean, people have been saying, "Oh, you, you know, it's not much of an attraction. You could have thrown him in with Davy or Eddie." But Generico was the name. Or yeah, but I think on. you've got to when you're bringing in someone for a one-shot deal like that, especially someone of Storm's caliber and sort of um status you know people you know he's a big name in wrestling you know in, in regards to a lot of you know the other the other guys on the ring of honor roster i mean this is a guy who's been you know been everywhere really and he's you know he's got lots of fans so um you know you've got to look at sort of who's going to sort of benefit the most from from beating beating him because obviously you're gonna have to you're gonna want him to come in and sort of lose to someone and put someone over and obviously with storm's gonna get such a good reaction that you need to put him in with a heel and then, I mean, the only three, in my opinion, that would fit are Algin, Champer, and Bennett. And in my opinion, Algin, he wouldn't really gain that much from being Storm because I think Algin, you know, with his top, he's got the title shot coming up, and mm. he's got, you know, he's been winning basically all of his matches. So I don't think he really needs that win. And Champer, I mean, I personally think he'll be TV champion by that time, so he doesn't really need that win. So you're really only left with Mike Bennett, who. Since final battle, he's sort of just been on the downward slope a bit. He hasn't really been uh, been doing much. So, I th- in my opinion, it just gives him a great opportunity to sort of, you know, just be be really disrespectful to Storm and sort of rile him up and have, you know, hopefully Storm will get a good match out of him because, you know, Benny's not as bad in, in the ring as people make him out to be. You know, he's, he, you know, he can he can have a good match. So, um, you know, hopefully they'll have a good match and it'll give, you know, give Benny just a, a bit of, you know, a bit of shot in the arm and sort of. Hopefully he can sort of you know go on from that and uh, sort of prove a few people wrong. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> what I mean, he said. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's other people you know that probably get a better match with Storm, but I think looking at it, you know, with common sense, a lot of other wrestlers are already tied up doing other things over that weekend, and you know Bennett still needs that star-making performance, and you know he is good in the ring no matter what other people want to say and i i enjoy you know watching mike bennett and everything but you know there's other wrestlers that would have put on a better match with storm but i think uh bennett could benefit the most out of beating storm like steven said and if anybody's going to have that star making match with bennett it's somebody with the caliber of wrestler as storm is Hmm. i mean i think a lot of people in the form have been saying you know, Bennett shouldn't even be on the roster, but I think that's a completely different argument as to who should be facing Storm. I think on the roster, and as I said, you've got to think who's going to benefit most from this, and who you know, I think Bennett is the is the one that will benefit the most, and I th- I, it just make you know, it makes complete sense from a booking standpoint. So, you know, I think people will moan, people will always moan. They could have put me in with Davy, and they'd have moaned that Davy would do crap promos for it or something. So, you know, people are always going to moan, but I, I think. Yeah, you know, as John said, and as I've said, it, it just makes you know it makes perfect sense booking wise, and um, you know I'm hoping for a, quite a decent match from it. We then got to the main event of this week, which um, unfortunately, due to uni work, I haven't had time to see. So it's down to Stephen and John to sort of recap the main event between Mark Briscoe and Charlie Huss. Um, I have seen sort of the last thirty seconds. I sort of skipped ahead, so. You can talk about the match, perhaps, and I can share a little bit of thoughts on the ending, if you want. The match was actually a lot better than I was expecting. It was it was actually quite um, quite an entertaining match. I mean, both guys sort of, um, 
that you know that both of them sort of got a lot of moves and they they fit a lot into I think it was about five you know five or six minutes maybe a bit longer than that but um, you know I think Haas and Benjamin especially Haas they 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 just come across a lot better as as heels I mean they just seem more natural in in that way and I think they, they did you know made a good decision to sort of turn them uh, a final battle and uh, it it just makes more sense for them to be like that and that you know Haas has in my opinion has just come across a lot better I mean I thought his promo at the start start of the show was was a lot better than what they were doing before final mm. battle when they were trying to hype up the briscoes i think it's those sunglasses ever since he turned heel he's yeah. lost sunglasses and become a lot more sort of interesting on the mic it's the magic sunglasses i think who was it was it kazarian in tna a couple of years ago and he was really bland and then he put the sunglasses on and he suddenly turned into like this ma- magic main event who was having five star <laughs> matches he's like, it's, yeah it's the glasses but um you know, I think I think the match was it was mainly for storyline purposes, but they managed to fit in a decent you know decent match as well, which is I thought was uh, was good going. And obviously uh, you know at the end when he's uh, he hits Mike Briscoe with a chair and uh, he goes and throws ten thousand dollars on the uh, announce table, which was was surprisingly about three miles away from the ring. <laughs> it was I've never I've never seen anything like it to be honest because. They've taped from you know the Dubons Arena for quite a few weeks now, and it's normally right next to the ring. Obviously, they need to see the action, but it, it seemed to—I don't know—it seemed to be like behind the crowd, which was it, I don't know, very strange. I don't know if they've been having problems with the—I don't know if the wrestlers have said a lot of the tables too close to the ring was not giving us enough room to do stuff, or yeah, it's they were literally miles away, and it just seemed really strange. But Haas, after sort of wading through the crowd. Through ten thousand uh, dollars on the table, sort of pay for his and Shelton's fine. So, um, you know, it it continues the the whole storyline, and uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it you know accomplished a lot. So uh, it was yeah, it was a thumbs up for me. I think. I think that was a great summary. I mean, without seeing it, I can't really comment. Uh, anything you'd like to add, John? Yeah, I agree. I like the new like heel persona uh, Haas and Benjamin have, especially Haas. He just to me. I'm not sure if this is going to make any sense, but oh, like when you go to like a concert or something, there's always that one older guy there who loves classic <laughs> rock that's just talking about how much like, like he just seems like the like the older dude at like a at like a concert that just seems like like wearing like some kind of like just like an older douchebag kind of guy. He just comes across as that way, and I just. And I just find it so entertaining. <laughs> I have no idea what you're on about, but I like it. So Johnny Hart is now a, a sort of rock fan who... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, glad you're like, not booking, John, because that just sounds terrible. <laughs> there's always that one... Like, 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 any, like anytime you go hang out somewhere, there's, there's usually that one or two old, older people that like, just won't let go of their glory days. And to me, for <laughs> some reason, that's what Charlie Haas is, like, this reminds me of. It seems like he should be hanging out at a concert somewhere, like drinking a beer and just being like, back in my day. Right. <laughs> moving, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, that wraps anyways, up yeah. the uh, latest anyways, TV I show. Thought, I thought it was a good match. <laughs> <laughs> if Gabe's listening, Johnny's available. Johnny's available to hire. Um, I have tremendous ideas. <laughs> yes, that wraps up the February 18th TV show. Uh, you can always find a report every week on uh, rwitchell.com where we recap everything that happened in a bit more detail with less rambling than what happens on here. <laughs> uh, we're now going to move on to this week's news, which you can always find at rohworld.com. We've got a great news editor there. He always gets the latest news up for you. And as usual, John has all of the news from the past, uh, I believe it's two weeks actually, as we didn't have a chance to do one last week. 
going to start up the news this week with uh, a couple of uh, DVD reviews have been posted on the site by Stephen. Uh, the Battle of the Carolinas DVD, uh, he gave the box set a 9.5 out of 10. Both of those shows come together uh, when you buy them, so he gives the overall package a 9.5 out of 10, which is about as close to perfect as you can get, obviously. I think that's one of the best scores you've given a DVD, Stephen. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever give anything 10 out of 10. <laughs> So what was it? What was it about, about these two shows that made you rate it so highly? I think both shows just sort of have, sort of had something unique. I mean, obviously you had the the honor rumble on the one show, which was I thought was really fun. I mean, it wasn't you know it wasn't the greatest uh, sort of you know battle royal or rumble or whatever you're going to see, but uh, you know hopefully they'll sort of do that on a yearly basis because I thought it was quite an interesting idea. And um, you know on Northern Aggression you had the uh, the eight-man match, which was obviously the, the longest match ever in RH history, and uh, obviously you know they did a good job of sort of editing out the uh, some of the longer bits on uh, the TV show, but even in its entirety, it was still uh, you know a really impressive match. So um, yeah, but you know both both shows were were good, and you know for for to have two shows on the on sort of the one one package, the one DVD for the the price of that you'd normally pay for one show, I just thought you know it's, it's great value and you get two great shows. So um, yeah, that's why I gave it nine, nine and a half out of ten. I just thought, yeah, but both shows could have come on their own, and you know that they'd have been worthy releases on their own. So, um, you know, it's not as if they've just put, you know, just put one sort of weak show with another because uh, they were afraid of it not selling or anything. They're just they're two great shows, and they've, uh, yeah, it, it makes great value. So, um, yeah, if, yeah, I'd recommend anyone going there, go and check them out. Yeah, good recommendation there. And the other review he posted was Glory by Honor 10, which he gave an 8 out of 10. I can't remember that, to be honest. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a while ago now. Um, let me quickly check. Um, we'll go on to the next bit of news if you want to re- recap your review. Oh, no. Rolly and Edwards had their sort of their first sort of singles match, and um, that was a lot a lot better than the one that they've had on TV recently in terms of there was far less, you know, less amount of strikes, and it was just, it was more sort of map based and more technical, which I, I thought was uh, pretty good. Um, there was also the Briscoes against the Young Bucks, which, um, again, was it was a really good match with that sort of being overkill and sort of allowing, um, you know, a match in the future. They didn't do too much. They sort of it was sort of a teaser of what could come in the future, and um, hopefully for the tenth anniversary show. Uh, match between those two teams is, is better than this one then we're, we're in for tricks that, that was really good um, there was also a proving ground match Roderick Strong against Jay Lethal um, it was maybe a bit disappointing that one I was expecting something really special from that one but it it, it tended to be uh, a bit slow in parts and it just always seemed like they were sort of waiting just to sort of end it because it ended in a 15 minute uh, time limit and then I think Cornette came out and sort of told Strong to give him five more minutes and he he, uh, he guaranteed that he'd have the title shot regardless and Jay Lethal won in overtime. Um, so and, is Gloria Bona the same price as the Battle of the Carolinas sort of box set bundle? Yeah, they're all, all the rele- like new releases are $20. And, yeah, so it sounds like, you know, definitely if you can only pick one, go for the Carolinas because you get two. Yeah, I definitely would, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there, there are some, you know, there's some really good matches on Gloria Bona as well and you got a te- you know the tag team match between uh, Hart and Benjamin and All Night Express. I think that was for the tag titles, which similar to the Strong and uh, Lethal match, I think I expected a bit too much from it. It ended being a bit uh, a bit disappointing. It was a bit slow in parts, and um, 
yeah, unfortunately that that didn't sort of live up to um, what I was expecting. But it was still a you know decent match, and I think the main event was uh, Richards against Generico, and uh, that was you know that was a really really good match. I think it 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 sort of showed why you know RH shouldn't sort of um, forget Generico because he's just so good. You know you can put him anywhere in the card and he'll deliver. And um, you know he went in with Davy and they had a really really good uh, main event there. It was probably one of I think one of my favourite matches of 2011 apart from. Maybe uh, Richards and Edwards at uh, best in the world, and Edward, Edwards and Strong at Manhattan Mayhem. I think I'd probably put that in my top three. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, but as I said, I gave it an eight out of ten. Both events were really, well, both sort of DVDs were really, really good. So, uh, if you know, if you've got the money and you want to sort of check them both out, I'd definitely go get them both. All right, the next couple bits of news we have really discussed already is a Matches announced for the 10th anniversary show and Showdown of the Sun. Matches announced for the 10th anniversary show are uh, Jay Lethal is defending his TV title against Tommaso Ciampa. Kevin Steen is uh, wrestling Jimmy Jacobs. And the main event is of uh, the 10th anniversary show is Davey Richards and Kyle O'Reilly versus Eddie Edwards and Adam Cole. And a couple matches have been announced for Showdown of the Sun later on in uh, April or March. March? Yeah, March. Yeah, 30th and 31st, I want to say. Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. And it's going to be uh, Mike Bennett taking on Lance Storm and uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team versus the Briscoes, and I believe that's for the title. Also, uh, head to rohworld.com slash 10th anniversary. I've created a microsite for the 10th anniversary iPay-Per-View where it has uh, special graphics for all of the matches which look very good, if I do say so myself, <laughs> and uh, links to all of the pay-per-view as well. So be sure to check that out and uh, give us some feedback. I'll probably make one for Showdown the Sun at some point as well. And um, last weekend, there was a show in Cincinnati. And for those of you who have, who have not seen the results, well, I'm going to provide them for you right now. Uh, the show opened up with uh, Michael Elgin defeating Adam Cole with a spinning power bomb. Uh, I'm not sure if we can really discuss how Just go through the results and I suppose if we want to say anything we can just sort of interrupt or something because obviously we weren't there so we haven't got much to comment personally. Um, Then then the next two matches were the uh, Rise and Prove Tag Team Tournament, the first round of it. And the the first, uh, first round match was Shiloh Jones and Rudy Switchblade defeating Sean Casey and Chris Silvio. And in the end, Jones and Switchblade got the win when Switchblade hit a frog splash. The second match of the first round was Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols defeating Alabama Attitude, and uh, which set up the finals as Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols versus Shiloh Jones and Rudy Switchblade. And if I'm not mistaken, Haste and Nichols, they're from Australia. That's right, yeah. And they'll actually be getting... Um, a TV title shot, a t- t- sorry, a tag team title shot at Showdown in the Sun night two, I want to say, against the Briscoes because they won the tournament. Yeah, I've said that, but in the recent news, while they said that they were going to get a title shot like coming up, so I'm in the sure video that... they did say sh- Showdown. In the yeah, Sun, they did. Video. Yeah, but in the news, while they sort of just said in the future, so I should imagine it will be at Showdown in the Sun, but mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they they change that. Uh, the next match on the card was a no-holds-barred match where Roderick Strong defeated uh, Eddie Edwards. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by that result, to be honest. I figured it'd be 
Eddie Edwards defeating Roderick Strong, but I guess they need to build Strong back up into a legitimate title contender. I think Eddie's just beaten him so many times. Like he's yeah. beaten him three or four times in the last 12, 16 months. So I think they just needed to give give Roddy a win over him finally, to be honest. In the uh, you know the prediction thing on the forum, like the reason I went for Roddy is simply because of that. He, he hasn't really got a big win for a while. I mean, I know he defeated the hero, but as you say, he lost to Eddie so many times that it was only right that um, he got the win here, even if he did have to use the Book of Truth to uh, get the victory. Uh, next up is another result that surprised me. Uh, Samson Walker defeated Mike Mondo. I figured this would be a easy squash match to help build Mondo up, but apparently I was wrong. Seems like a strange choice. I don't know. I think we talked about this before the show. Isn't Samson from Cincinnati? So that's probably why he got the victory, you know, in his hometown. But I still see no no reason why, because it's not as if Mondo's just sort of, you know, they just brought him in to sort of be a heel against the hometown sort of hero sort of thing. No, they are. I, mean, I wouldn't say they're building him up on TV, but they are giving him exposure on TV. And two weeks know, in a row, wasn't he? Past past four. Yeah, and you know, he's signed to a contract, so I don't see the point in making him lose to someone who's not even on the roster and who's, you know, might not even wrestle for the company again. It just, even if you know, even if it is his hometown, it just, it doesn't make sense to me personally. But mm. next up was the uh, finals of the Rise and Prove Tag Team Tournament, which we have already discuss on who won and it was Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols defeated Shiloh Jones and Rudy Switchblade and apparently the uh, Australian team of Haste and Nichols was really over with the crowd which is you know that confused me because didn't they enter as heels the report said at the very start they like buried Cincinnati but then turned face or something during the match was that just me am I making that up or something no it was uh, Casey and Sylvia were playing uh the heel tactics that okay. help get okay okay so there was a team being a heel heels at some point but not that one but yeah, i guess that's cool that they're already you know really over with the crowd which will make their you know eventual proving ground match that much better mm. uh then next up to your proving ground matches uh jay lethal defeated bj widmer in a proving ground match and i'm actually kind of looking it would Looking forward to seeing how BJ Whitmer looked. Uh, you know, he was around in Ring of Honor for years, and you know, he pretty much did everything you could do in Ring of Honor. I mean, he challenged for pretty much every title available, and I'd just like to see what he still has left in the tank a few years to be removed from the company. Mm. And the main event was for the tag team titles, where the Briscoes retained their titles against Kyle O'Reilly and Davey Richard. And according to the report, the uh, Briscoes received the pop of the night, so they're probably the most over or uh, over talents on the roster. Uh, they yeah, I think, that, I think the Briscoes difficult. always get Briscoes always get good reactions. Yeah, it's they? quite a reoccurring thing, that isn't it? They do get a great reaction wherever they seem to be. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, they said the Briscoes retained the titles, and uh, to everyone's surprise, Richards delivered a promo to close the show. So. <laughs> According to the report, said it was a really good show. Uh, it was a crowd of about 300-ish, which seems kind of small, but it was the first time they ever ran there. So you got to expect it's gonna crowd's gonna hopefully grow in the future. Mm. Mm. And, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but someone sent us in pictures on Twitter of, of the actual 
uh, venue inside, and it actually looked really good. Um, yeah, I was about to say, like, I was about to say like, how cool I thought the venue looked on the inside. Yeah, it looked, yeah the setup was really cool, I thought. I'm sort of yeah. interested to see where they go with the DVD release of this because, I mean, I'm not even sure if it will be released because, you know, a lot of, I think people were saying like 50% of the people that were actually on the show weren't even ROH contact, yeah, contracted wrestlers. So yeah, that's a good point. It's going to, I honestly think it'll probably be tough to sell this one. I, I mean, I'm not sure whether it'd be worth selling it because, you know, a lot of people, especially on our forum, a lot of people have been quite negative towards it. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it would be still a, a, a great event and people were saying, you know, how, live reports are saying what a good sort of atmosphere it was and how good the matches were but mm. you know if people are seeing that you know there's four matches involving people who aren't actually on the roster they are going to be sort of turned away from that yeah. especially when you can get you know events like Gorbana and the, the Carolinas ones for the same price I mean unless they sell it for like I don't know $15 or maybe even 10 or something like that you'd think they'd have to bundle it up with another event but yeah, there's there nothing really yeah. that would logically match up with it. So if if it was like a double shot and there was one on the Saturday night as well, then it would make perfect sense to bundle it. But as you say, it's, there there aren't any sort of events around that. So mm. unless they don't release it at all, it's going to be um, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see where how they go with that because I think it'd be surprising if they don't release it. But I'd be surprised if they release it as you know just as a, a straight sort of DVD release and sell it for twenty dollars as well because. I think they might struggle to sort of uh, sell uh, sell that one, to be honest. Well, they might do. This is something uh, Jakara started doing with Smartmark Video, where they, uh, for this kind of prize, you can just download the show as an MP4 format, where it's, the show is like $5 cheaper, and you don't have to pay shipping and handling. Mm, so that might that be could work, yeah. That ring yeah, uh, they might even just put it up for ringside members. That's probably another thing they could do. Yeah. That would be a great sort of selling point for ringside membership. Get this, you know, exclusive event. That would work. Yeah, because a lot of the things that they've been putting up have just been like shows that maybe are out of print or old shows, and maybe you know some of the newer fans won't see sort of the uh, the appeal of seeing them. So mm. sort of a, yeah, a new show, um, as you say, like an exclusive show just to ringside members that could sort of pull in maybe a few more memberships. Uh, and uh, released, I believe, today. Is a uh, the Summer of Punk uh, Chronicle DVD where it just is a uh, pretty much Chronicle is the uh, what was it 2005 I believe it was yeah, yeah for three months in summer 2005 CM Punk shocked Ring of Honor fans and officials alike and it all began one night in June and I'm just reading this from the <laughs> yeah I'm say something <laughs> reading man <laughs> but uh, but yeah it was a it's one of the most beloved storylines in Ring of Honor history. Like it's one of those things that fans, Ring of Honor fans, always talk about when it comes to Ring of Honor. Was the summer of Punk, and it's one of those things that really helped elevate CM Punk from you know another really good wrestler on the roster to you know kind of legendary status among uh, Ring of Honor fans. And it's a, a two disc set. It contains seven matches. Uh, I'm guessing it's the each match from the Summer of Punk, all his title defenses. It ranges from Death Before Dishonor 3 against Austin Aries all the way up to uh, his 2 out of 3 falls match versus Colt Cabana at uh, Punk, the final chapter. And uh, it also says this release includes moments that solidified the Summer of Punk in the annals of ROH history, including his notorious contract signing, his competition with Mick Foley, and more. So this seems like a really cool DVD release 
for people who you know either just want to relive that storyline or somebody who's heard about it and never actually seen any of it. So this is something I think Ring of Honor needs to do more of. I just think it's a really, really cool idea. I was hoping that this um, huge announcement of a DVD was going to be Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team Volume 2. I was uh, <laughs> quite disappointed. I'm sure that'll be the next one, don't worry. <laughs> and uh, announced, I believe it was today, that uh, Papa Briscoe is going to make his in-ring return. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's going to be Jay and Mark Briscoe with Papa Briscoe in a six-man tag against Michael Elgin, Truth Martini, and Roderick Strong. Uh, it's, it's going to take place at the next TV tapings in Baltimore. Um, but it's not going to be aired on television. It's just going to be a special attraction for the uh, for the people in attendance on March 3rd in Baltimore. That's which I kind of find weird. That's a bit disappointing because, to be honest, it wouldn't be, you know, the best match ever, but just seeing, you know, Martini get beaten up by Proper Bisco would just be hilarious. So I'd like to see that personally. Yeah, same here. I find Papa Brisco pretty entertaining, and I find Truth Martini getting beat up pretty entertaining, so I would have <laughs> loved the chance to see that. All right, and uh, the final bit of news is that... Uh, Former Ring of Honor star Chris Hero, who has signed a WWE development, has received his WWE name, and he is now going to be known as Cassius Ono, which was the, <laughs> my initial reaction when I heard his name. <laughs> but it, the name is starting to grow on me. I mean, it, it's unique. It's I kind it it makes sense because I guess because the initials are KO, and he can do some kind of horrible pun with that. But yeah, I think I think it makes sense. I mean. It, it's it's not great, but you know it it's not sort of generic, and it as you say, it does make sense with the initials. So it's it's not as bad as it could have been, but it's it's still a, a bit of a shocker in my opinion. <laughs> and that is all the news for this weekend. Uh, that was a lot, lot of news, a lot of news. Because in the last podcast we did, there was basically nothing. They obviously listened and decided to make the podcast go on forever. It's going to be a long one this week, but. Uh, that wraps up the news. Thank you to uh, John for that. We're now going to move on to the uh, listener topics. You can send these in any time during the week. Uh, tweet us at ROH underscore world on Twitter. Uh, right on our Facebook wall, facebook.com <laughs> slash ROH world. I think we should pre-record this bit because I have to say it all the time. But uh, Email us, contact at rohworld.com. And finally, you can just post on our forum rhworld.com slash forum Yeah, we've got quite a few um, listener topics this week as well, because obviously we had some sent in last week, but we had the uh, interview with Mike Mondo um, I suppose we'll start with those ones on the on the forum that weren't answered last week um, This is from Beard Dog who says, do you think Adam Pearce will return to ROH? Um, I saw a uh, YouTube video the last week or the week before talking about a match he's having in oh, Miami, I saw that, in yeah. WrestleMania weekend. I believe it's against a uh, Ring of Honor competitor. It's not in Ring of Honor, but it's against somebody who wrestles in Ring of Honor. Yeah, against I think Jim Cornette's hang, hand-picked opponent or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, so I mean, it keep, I wouldn't mind him coming back as a uh, 
not not you know regular member, but you know making special appearances because he is the NWA champion, if I'm not mistaken, and he's defended the NWA title in Ring of Honor before. So I wouldn't mind seeing him back. He's a he's a good wrestler. He uh, can help you know elevate some talent. You know probably won't never drop the NWA title in Ring of Honor, but just you know having some of the lower members on the lower uh, card guys, you know having good matches with the NWA champion will do a whole lot for their status in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think I'm like you. I, th- I you know, I wouldn't be adverse to sort of having him come in for a few few matches here and there, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think he should be a permanent guy on the roster. Uh, next one is from Luchadork underscore 67. This is um, about El Generico. Uh, basically, is El, is El Generico gone from Ring of Honor? Um, has his refusal to sign a contract diminished his role there? I mean, it looks like he's gone temporarily because the reports are he hasn't signed a contract. But they do keep mentioning him on Newswire and on TV, which would mean there must be a plan to bring him back at some point. Yeah, I think they're definitely. There's in. no way they'd let him go. You know, as we said earlier, they've lost all those guys like Hero and Casignoli over the past year that they don't want to lose Generico as well. No, that's true. And I think the problem is with the with the contracts. I mean, I don't think particularly that sort of thing has maybe diminished his role. I think the fact is that. I think you know Ring Run has been sort of going towards a more serious sort of you know wrestling style, and I suppose they probably think that a guy like Al Generico isn't maybe the best sort of guy to have when they're trying to sort of promote that type of product. But I think most Ring Run fans know how good Al Generico is and know that it'd be an absolute disaster if you know he'd be left. So um, you know hopefully it won't be the end for him. I don't think it will. But um, I think it's quite interesting with the, with the contracts because I think there was a lot of discussion on the former barrier, and I mean I, you you have to sort of you know, you have to look at both sides and you have to sort of see, you know, why Ring of Honor would want to have them on contracts because, you know, at the moment they, they can't control sort of how they're booked in other companies and how, you know, that they, they could, you know, they can easily get injured in other, other companies, you know, in, in matches and stuff. And you can see why they'd want them to sign contracts. But then you also have to think from a wrestler's point of view, especially someone like a generic or a Kevin Steen, who's, you know, a, a very sort of well-known independent guy who's, you know, a lot of people would want would want to have them on shows, and you have to think mm. it it wouldn't be benefit you know financially beneficial for them to sign exclusive contracts to Ring of Honor because you know Ring of Honor don't run that many shows, and uh, you know when them sort of guys can put, probably get booked probably ten times a month or something, but would they really give up that to sort of you know wrestle once or twice a month with Ring of Honor? And you have to think you know financially it wouldn't be you know sensible for them to do that so you can see why someone like generic would refuse a contract or you know i don't think it's been said that he's refused a contract just that they sort of haven't come to an agreement on one mm. so um i think if you once you know once you look at it from both sides you can see why there's sort of um you know why something hasn't come hasn't been a, a, agreed but hopefully they'll come to some sort of uh, resolution because you know if they let generic go then that's you know a really really big mistake in my opinion do we know, you know, with these contracts, um, do they mean that they they just can't appear on other TV and iPay-per-views? Is that what the contract is, or is it just like any show at all? How does it no, work? No, it's, it's just iPay-per-view and DVD, um, iPay-per-view and TV, because I think Generico was on a Chikara event quite recently, but he was his match wasn't on the iPay-per-view, it was just a DVD like, special thing. Mm. 
So yeah, I'm pretty sure the contract just states you can't show up on other companies' eye pay per views. You can still show up on DVDs, and if it's what it used to be, I think if Ring of Honor is having a show the same day as another company, you have to, you know, Ring of Honor takes precedent over whatever other company there is. <laughs> David Richards yeah. doesn't sign that, has he? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I heard, but you know, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's normally what it, what they are. I mean. They're not completely exclusive deals because, um, as I, you know, as I just said, that it wouldn't that wouldn't make sense for nobody would sign them if that was the case because it's just not viable at this moment mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know a couple of years down the line, if Ring of Honor start you know, doing events much more regularly, then that might become you know an option for some of the guys. But um, you know, at the moment, I think it's just to stay as as they are really. Uh, next, uh, we've got a few here from Daniel Bryanson on the forum from. Uh, He's from Germany, he says. Yes, yes. <laughs> His first one, what do you think about the new Summer of Punk DVD? I think John sort of spoke about that. But the next one is... Uh, I'm tempted to buy that DVD, honestly. And I rarely buy wrestling DVDs, but that definitely sounds awesome. So yeah. I might have to get is, that one. What other compilation DVDs would you like to see from IRH in the future? Generico. Yeah, I think if, in terms of like just guys, I mean, like not like a particular like, storyline or whatever, then... I mean, you've got to look at some of the guys in, from the past. Like, you know, obviously you got uh, Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. not Samoa Joe, Low Key, Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, Nigel McGuinness, Austin, Austin Aries. Aries really yeah, I would have said I mean, Kevin Steen, but they've just released one, haven't they? As well. Yeah, just released one. They, just, they seem to be doing sort of the the guys in the company at the moment, and I think probably the guys who are left in the company. I think the only ones really who what warrants sort of a best of at the moment is probably Kevin Steen. So and he's just got one, hasn't he? So oh, sorry, yeah, I mean, I mean, our Generico. But, um... <laughs> I would like to see a Jimmy Jacobs one. I mean, he's done a lot of interesting storylines and everything for Ring of Honor, just kind of chronicling those. Like, yeah, his... that's, a, that's a good, uh, that's a good, good decision there. <laughs> someone's phone just went off. <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of storyline, I mean, one thing I'd like to see is the sort of ROH CCW sort of feud or war whatever you like to call it and I, th- I think sort of just a chronicle sort of DVD like they've done with the Summer of Punk one I think that'd be quite quite good and um, maybe even like the Steen Generico feud I think especially for new fans who maybe didn't catch that feud in its entirety I think I think that'd be really good and I think mm-hmm. that'd sell really well with with, uh, with people next one um, your thoughts on Punk and Danielson headlining Wrestlemania I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much my... <laughs> Even though I'm... This isn't a WWE podcast, but I really don't like Sheamus. I know he's going to beat Daniel Bryan, which will piss me off, but that's all I'm going to say because I could rant about that for a while. But I, I still yeah. think it's pretty awesome that, you know, he is the champion he, heading into Mania because, you know, when he won the belt, if you would have told me that, I'd say you, you were crazy because I thought he was definitely going to lose it at the Rumble or even the Chamber, but... The fact he's still, you know, got the belt is uh, definitely a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't watch WWE. I mean, I, I sort of check the results and sort of spoilers and stuff. But you know, as you say, I, I wouldn't have expected uh, Danielson to have the, still have the belt. And um, yeah, that's it's quite cool that two sort of guys who made their names in ROH are going to be headlining, you know, the biggest sort of wrestling show uh, of the year. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, and the next, the last one from Daniel Bryanson, he says. Is Mike Bennett really as bad as some say? I don't think so. I think we talked about this a bit um, earlier, didn't we, really? Yeah, I, I think that he's much better than most people say he is. Uh, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that now. 
No, I, I have to agree with you there. I think, you know, I think people are expecting sort of, I don't know, I think, I think the thing with Ring of Honor, it's sort of evolved. You know, there's a lot of sort of topics on the forum, sort of, you know, I wish Ring of Honor was the same as it was in 2006 or as it was two years ago. But, you know, things do evolve and change. And, you know, I, th- I think Ring of Honor sort of, they're, they're starting to invest more in guys who have, you know, who have great characters, maybe even more so than they're a great wrestler. Because, you know, I think Bennett's character is one of the best, if not the best in Ring of Honor at the moment. I think, you know, he gets, for a heel, he, he does his job really well. He gets lots of heat from the crowd. And, uh, you know, maybe in the ring he's not the best. You know, he's not going to be putting five-star matches on. But, you know, he's not as bad. People are making out as if the guy can't do a headlock or something. He's just like, you know, he's much better than people make out. And, um, it's just, you know, as I said, I think they're starting to look at guys who have, you know, a great character as well as who can put on a great match. So, um yeah, I don't really understand all the hate with him, to be honest. Uh, I think it's, a lot of it's quite quite silly. Um, and he brings right. Marina around, so there's, I don't understand why. <laughs> and Brutal Bob. Yeah, don't forget Brutal Bob. Why not Bob? Hashtag why not Bob. What's happened to him? Is he is he going to be coming? Like he, he hasn't been on the last few events, has he? And Hopefully... Uh, had a meeting with his parole officer according to Cornette at one of the Carolinas. <laughs> we won't talk any more about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, we've got quite a few sent in on Facebook as well. Uh, this one is from Macklin. He says, besides Davey, who is the one champion since you guys have started watching that you personally couldn't wait to lose the belt? Hmm. For That's me, there's no one because I haven't really been watching too long, maybe two years, two and a bit, two and a bit, something like that. Yeah, I think since we've started watching like regularly, I suppose the only world champions we've had have been Tyler, Roddy, Eddie, and Davy. And I, I personally, I mean, Tyler, I thought his run was quite good. I, I liked Roddy as champion. I thought his his uh, sort of top run could have gone on a bit longer, and I thought Eddie's could have gone on a bit longer as well. And was the question apart from Davy? Yeah. Yeah. Besides Davy, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. I mean, I'm gonna have to say. Just just because I wanted Tyler Black to win it so bad, I wanted that means I wanted Austin Aries to lose it. So I guess I might have to go with Austin Aries second ring, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy his reign because I you know really liked it. But I just wanted Tyler Black to win the belt so bad. So I guess the last person I wanted to see lose the belt was Austin Aries. But that's not because I didn't enjoy his wrestling. It's just because of who I wanted. Yeah, to see. I think everybody was at the end of sort of begging for Tyler to have the belt. It was just, they took too long and sort of pulling the trigger on that one. Um, this one is sent in by Adam. He says, I think this is more like the one we had before. With CM Punk and Brian Danielson both headlining WrestleMania, how do you think ROH should be capitalising on the fact that they were the, f- the Fed that gave them their first real exposure? Well, I think the summer of Punk is perfectly timed, really. Yeah, I think that is as well. And, you know, they could easily do a best of, you know, Brian Danielson because... Uh, you know, so, he's had so many good matches. You could probably release about four. Like, they know, could four have, you know, at the WrestleMania weekend shows, just selling, you know, the best of Brian Danielson and the best of CM Punk at those shows. And they're going to, because there'll be lots of new fans at those events who are there just for WrestleMania. And they'll be like, oh, look, hey, these guys are main eventing tomorrow at WrestleMania. And look, here's all their old matches. So I think those two would, will sell fantastically if they do that as well. Yeah, I think that as well. It just, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, as that guy says, you know, uh, 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 sorry, as you say, a lot of people are going to be 
going to the ring of honor event. <laughs> that guy over there. <laughs> I went to go on Facebook. I thought I was talking, going to talk about something he said, but then I thought I'd talk about what you said. But yeah, a lot of people who are going to be, well, not a lot of people, but quite a few people that are going to be at them events, maybe haven't watched Ring of Honor before, are going to be going just because they're in sort of town for WrestleMania. So as you say, it's sort of, you know, telling people about, you know, the history of where these guys have come from. I think, as you say, um, you know, it make the DVD sell well and hopefully get a few more fans in there mm. into Ring of Honor as well. <clears throat> um, this one is sent in by Thomas. He says, yes, when will Ring of Honor return to the St. Louis area? I um, know, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> we're, not, we're not really sure. We know as much as you do in terms of when they're going to come back to a specific area or... Unless TJP you know. leaks it again, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, unless we're told otherwise by someone. Um, I think one day they did announce, I don't, know if, I don't think we'd had this in the news, that they've announced a return to Richmond, Virginia. And um, I think Dayton, Ohio was announced. Yeah, not too oh, long ago, yeah. returned to Dayton, Ohio as well. So they're both returned, so... Um... Yeah, they're they going there. Keep your eye on the Ring of Honor. Um, keep your eye on com rather, not the official website. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it'll be announced uh, soon, yeah. if at all. Christian says questions concerning why exactly I think he missed the point. Um, uh, basically, wait, I'm not going to explain it because he obviously doesn't listen. Basically, we just want anything to do with Ring of Honor that we can talk about that you might be interested in hearing someone's views. But and we we'll encourage talk, you to we'll share talk about your... your opinions as well. Yeah, we're talking about your question, asking what the questions were about. So there you go, we've answered it. Yeah, we've answered it. Uh, this one is quite a strange one, actually. This is from Alex in Greece. He says, "Why, if Eddie Guerrero never left ROH, would he be the star of the company?" Well, he, oh, I about said a horrible dead joke, but <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you're fired, John. From talking about Charlie Haas as an old music lover now to making dead <laughs> jokes about Eddie Guerrero, it's not a good week for you, is it? I think I think if no, I mean, there's a, there are a lot of ifs in this question, isn't it? If he didn't leave and if things didn't happen and stuff like that, I mean, I, th- I think he'd be this sort of headline guy of most companies in the world, to be honest, even now. So I suppose. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll mute my I'll mute my side. <laughs> oh, I don't know where I was. Um, Moving on. Yeah, so yeah, I think he probably would be, but so to say, there's a lot of lots of ifs and buts in that question that you can't really answer it sort of realistically. Um, the last yeah, one he I, sent. I was going to say, Eddie Guerrero is one of the best of all time. So, you know, not only in the ring, but you know, on the mic, had such a great character that you know, if he never would have left Ring of Honor, he would have. You know, been one of the probably the biggest star to you know uh, stay in Ring of Honor for an extended period of time, and probably not probably, but would have been a former Ring of Honor champion. Yeah, I think no. I that with respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the next one, I think this is the last one sent in by Stuart. He says, "Is it a step back going to Lance Storm?" Hmm, that's I don't a, think so. Does he mean, you know, Lance Storm coming out of retirement to face Bennett is like a step backwards? I think he, mean, he means. basically means is it a step back, sort of, yeah, getting in someone that's maybe, you know, maybe retired. I mean, he's had yeah. a, a few matches in Ring Runner before and they've they've been really good. So I think we discussed it earlier. He's, I don't think he's stepping back. I mean, Bennett sort of needs 
needs a high-profile win against someone. I think this fits perfectly because you know Ring of Honor fans know no Storm. You know he's a big name. Everyone knows how good he is, and uh, you know if Bennett sort of fits into the his his opponent, you know he's going to be sort of cocky and he's going to sort of disrespect him. And I, I think it just as I said earlier, it makes perfect sense to have you know Storm against Bennett. I think they they could have maybe made more of it on the TV show as. As you said earlier, they just seemed to be like, yeah, and oh, Lance Storm's coming out of retirement. It was just like and something then, that was expected. And you called him a perv, and that was like the entire build-up to the match. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and um, that is it. Yeah, that's all the questions we've had. Thanks a lot for the questions this week. Quite a lot of them. But, um, yeah, and as Harry said, I think you said at the start you can send them in on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, on the forum as well. So um, and email, we also yeah and email. email yeah, but yeah, any of those and we'll we'll get them uh, get them read out and talk talk about them. Uh, well, I believe that wraps up this week's show. I think it was quite a long one about this week. Sorry about that. Um, next week we sh- might have two uh, podcasts for you. You'll probably be ha- unhappy to know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might have a special <laughs> exclusive interview for you, just in time for the tenth anniversary show. And we'll also do a special show, previewing tenth anniversary and talking about all the matches on the card. Although we've just previewed four of them, so I'm not sure what else we can say. But uh, thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank you for thank you to those of you who listen. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave some feedback and uh, check out the interview with Mike Mondo last week. And keep around the site next week for the preview of tenth anniversary and another possible exclusive interview. We'll see you next week. <laughs>